Okay, so we are going to keep talking about being at home. And um, you might remember last, the last few times I've talked about this. And from these words, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And when we talk about these things, it's really important we understand. I'm trying to help you see something that has already taken place. Okay, I'm helping you. I'm trying to help you come to a new awareness of a present reality. It's not something you have to try and understand or even really believe. It's something that is, just needs accepting and receiving as a truth. Because uh, according to these words, as soon as you love Jesus, they all come and make their home in you. And they have fun. No, no. So they're all there, they're in you, they're running around having fun, playing TIG. But this, this is a truth. This is not a feeling. This is a truth. And a feeling is something we seek for and can lose. So sometimes we try and create conditions that are similar to the last time we had a feeling, hoping to feel it again. But this is a truth, which is different from a feeling. And any mature spirituality is based on truth, not feeling. Although at times we may experience a feeling that agrees with the truth. So last time, I know this kind of blew some of your minds and you were going, how does that work when I shared it last time? But home is a place beyond earning, deserving and rewarding, a place of surrender and complete trust. So this is uh, Henry Newman. Home is a place beyond earning, deserving and rewarding. And yet, and I think that's true and something in my heart says, yeah, that's absolutely true. And yet, if you read some of the scriptures, it would seem that that's difficult to see. Because some of the scriptures seem to imply something very different, like you do have to earn it and you do have to get it. So I want to look at one of those parables. I want to look at the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And I want to show you how there's lots of ways to see these things. Uh, and then we're going to play a game, and then we're going to play another game. So in a minute, after we've read this, kids, I need you to play a game with me. And there is a reward. It's a very simple game. But let me read this story to you first, because I want to take this scripture and turn it on its head for you. Then the kingdom of God will be like ten bridesmaids, this is Jesus telling a parable, who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight they were raised... At midnight they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. They were lovely bridesmaids. But while they were going to buy oil, the bridemaid came. Those who were already went in with those who had already went in with him at the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside. Calling Lord, Lord, open the door, but he called back, believe me, I don't know you. Okay. Let's get into this thing. So there is a version of this story. There's an interpretation of this story that says, ah, you see, if you're not ready the moment Jesus comes, you're not going to get in. And if you don't have your lamp full and you've got spare, 
then you are not going to ever, the, the master's never going to let you into the bridal party. And it's easy to say why you could take that uh, interpretation from this story. But I don't think that's what it's all about at all. Because I've got a few questions about this story. It seems a little bit strange that five get in and five don't, and only those who come prepared get in. And if you don't come prepared, you get locked out. That's what it seems to suggest. It's also a bit strange. The five always said to be wise and not very nice. So it seems you can be wise and not very nice. And if you're wise but not nice, you get in. Okay, that's interesting. It would seem, at first glance, that you get to go to the party, whatever that is, when you come prepared with all the right things, which is surely also called being deserving and being rewarded for doing your right bit. But we're going to play a game. Okay, who wants to win two pounds, kids? Well, I realize 50p don't buy you all these days, does it? So yeah, you got to hold the ante. All right. It's a very simple game. Okay? All you've got to do is come and sit in this square and stay in this square for two minutes. That's all you've got to do. And you'll get two pounds. Anybody else need some money to put in the electric meter? Feel free. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, fantastic. So it's a very simple game, okay? All you have to do is stay within that square for two minutes, okay? Now this, these are all the pound coins I could find, okay? And this, the other rule of the game is I am not allowed to take them back, okay? So they, they just sit there. I, I can't take them back, okay? If there's some left at the end, fair can, but I can't, okay? Just so I don't get robbed. But for the purposes of this game, they're all there. I, I've given all my pound coins, they're all there. Okay, and I can't take them back. Have we got that? Uh, can you put the timer up, Matt? So we've got a little timer, so you can see how long you've got left, because it might sound like a long time. There you go. As soon as that goes to naught, you're each going to get two pounds, okay? As long as you stay within that box. Sorry, got Sound good? Well, yeah. Well, let's see whether you can stay in there for two minutes, if you can. Now, let's talk about this game while those two minutes are going down. You could say, that I've set some rules, and if you keep the rules, you get a reward of two pounds. You could say that, couldn't you? Would that be fair? We could say that's how the game's settled. We could say that. Which, of course, is how many people think about Jesus in the Bible. There are some rules, and if you follow the rules, and do all the rules right, you get let into some place called heaven, whatever that is, and whatever it means. And this is your reward. Or if you keep the rules, you might get some reward on the earth. But let's think about it, because you can think about it in terms of reward, and of course, if you don't, mate, so, so if one of these kids breaks the rules and goes outside the box, then according to the rules of the game, they're not going to get two pounds. Now, you could say, well, that's me being punished for not keeping the rules. So you could look at this game as a reward and punishment game. It's all about if they keep the rules, they get the money. If they don't, they root. But for it to be about reward and punishment, then it assumes that somebody is watching you waiting to see whether you keep the rules or not. And that, some, and that person is watching you, waiting to reward or punish you based on what you are doing. Because somebody's got to make sure you observe the rules and make sure you're doing it all right. So that means we're nearly there. Oh, 20 seconds left. We're doing all right. Well done. I think you're all going to be two pounds richer in a minute. Is your bum over the line, Samuel? <laughs> But of course, this game, or that way of looking at the game, 
makes it all about you and your ability to stay in the box. Oh, there we go. Okay, now I'm not allowed to take this money back, so do you want to come and you can either have two one pound coins or one two pound coin? Which would you prefer? You can either have two of those or one of those. Go for it. Take it. Shells. That's it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Now, we're going to play this game again later on. <laughs> so, you go sit down somewhere, because I need to do a little bit of talking. You can sit there if you want, or you can sit with mum and dad or somebody else, all right? You go sit down somewhere, and we're going to play this game again. But, in the meantime, because it was a bit easy, that game, on it? Okay. So, in the meantime, I want you to think of how we could make this game more difficult. Okay, just have a think for now. Okay, have a think. All right, so have a ponder. I, I'm not gonna, I want you to come up with some rules about how we could make this game more difficult, okay? So if anybody's got any ideas, I mean, try and focus on what I'm saying as well. But anyways, think of some, some ways we could make it more challenging as we go through this, okay? So we can either think of this game about somebody is watching you and rewarding you and making sure you get punished if you don't keep the rules. We could do that. Or we could see it through a very different lens. Well, it's a subtle lens, but it's a very different lens. Or we could see that I'm not sitting in judgment on you or watching whether you succeed or fail. Instead, I have created a game where I've given all the two pounds and one pound coins I could find, and I'm not going to take them back. That was the rule. I'm not taking them back. They're already given. And then I told you a game, and I told you exactly how you could get your hands on the money I had already given. All they had to do was sit there for two minutes. So what do they have to do? They just had to basically sit there. There was nothing else they had to do. Just sit there. And enjoy the fact that the money had been given, and they could access that money as soon as they'd been there for two minutes. That's all they had to do. So we're going to talk about that in a bit with some twists, but let's get back to the parable. I want to ask some questions about this parable. First question, who is invited to meet the bridegroom? Who sets off to go meet him? How many bridesmaids? All ten bridesmaids. So, this parable starts off with an idea that everybody is invited to meet the bridegroom. Nobody's excluded from meeting him. They can all turn up and meet the bridegroom. We're told that some are wise and some are foolish, but the key at the beginning, and we'll get to the end later on, is that they're all invited and all welcome. So this parable starts with an opportunity. It starts with inclusivity. It starts with this idea that everybody can come and be ready for the bridegroom. Notice some other things as well. We've already mentioned it, but were the people who ended up at the party the nice people? Not by any stretch. Because basically when the ones who are now and the ones who have got enough, they go, get lost, I'm not sharing mine with yours, I'm looking after number one. So the people who get in the party are the really selfish people who have thought about themselves, looked after themselves, and they're the ones who get in the party, according to the parable. But remember, this is a parable of Jesus, and he nearly always turns everything on its head. Here's a key question. Why? Just clear that. Why did the five foolish ones leave the party that they'd already been invited to? Why did they leave? Why did the five people? So they start waiting for the party to start. And they leave. Why do they leave? 
Go on, somebody tell me. Yes, so, but the, let, let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Where is it? So, they say, the five foolish ones ask, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Okay, so they left because the lamp was going out. Here's the question. Who told them they had to have a lit lamp? Who said they had to have a lamp that was lit? The bridegroom doesn't say you have to have a lamp that's lit. Now, here's the really interesting thing. In that day, to be a respectable person, you, a lady, especially if you're wandering around on your own, and we're told the bridesmaids are virgins, which basically means unmarried women, so you would not be wandering around at night without a lamp in front of your face to show who you are because you would want to know and show everybody that you're a respectable lady. So their desire to be respectable their desire to be shown to be moral, their desire to make sure they were seen in the right light caused them to exit the party to go find something else. But it was their desire to get oil and their desire to look good and their desire to be seen to be right that causes them to leave the party. Perhaps the wise ones received into the party, not because they had aisle in their lamps, but because they stayed at the party they were already invited to. Perhaps the wise ones were still welcomed, despite their awful attitude, because at least they stayed at the party, rather than going to try and make themselves respectable. Now, of course, they already had some oil, they've done all that, but there's nothing good about the wise ones. There's nothing good about them at all, and they get let in. Perhaps the whole point of the parable, as Robert Capon writes, is this, is that Jesus is saying, wait for me. Stay at the party I have thrown for you, even if all the lights go out and you're sitting in the dark. I'll find you even if you're lost or alone. I'll be there. Of course, at the end, there is a sense of judgment because when those who have left the party come back, they're not allowed in because the door's already been closed and locked. And for some reason, and of course... Let me go back and show you this, actually. Where is it? Just see what it actually says. Lord, Lord, open the door. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. Didn't say don't open the door at some stage later on in the story. You don't get to find out whether those people ever met the party or not. He just says, I don't know you. Why would he do that? Well, perhaps the bridegroom can't understand anyone who, having been invited to a party, puts their own rules on top of what being accepted means and then disqualifies themselves from being at the party with their own rules. Perhaps the bridegroom can't understand anyone who, having been invited to a party, puts their own rules on top of what being accepted means, and then disqualifies themselves from being at the party with their own rules. All right, who wants to win some more money? Come on then. But we need to add some more rules on, okay? Or you need to add some more rules on. Go on down. We need to make it much more difficult, okay? That was way too easy. Temptation. So it makes it harder. I was more thinking like uh, you have to stand on your hands. I can't stand on my hands. So? But I want you to come. I don't want to come up with a rule. Somebody else, come on. Come up with a rule that's going to make this...
Okay, that would be a good one. Oh, that's an interesting one. Last one to leave gets it. We could, I was more thinking like you have to stand on one leg the whole time. For two minutes. Okay. We should stand on one head. Stand on one leg. <laughs> you do. How about you stand on one leg with your eyes closed for two minutes? Yeah, I think. Come on, stand up. This is what we're going to do. Stand up. As soon as you stop standing on one leg or open your eyes, you're out, okay? I'm not going to judge you. You have to turn that way, 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 turn that way. Okay, have we got this timer? All right, three. I don't think we're going to need a two-minute timer. Three, two, one, go. Oh, in. Never mind, never mind. All right, you sit down, Oscar. Have you got your eyes closed? Oh, Dan, never mind. Sit down. Ariella, sit down. Oh. Okay, come and get another two pounds. Isaac, Oscar, come and get another two pounds. Dan, you still get your two pounds. There you go. Sam, take it to Oscar. There you go. <laughs> You're a good actor, son. <laughs> That's why we struggle to be at home. Because we put all sorts of extra rules on what it means to be at home and what it means to receive and what it means to get there. And then we decide that we exclude ourselves because the rules we've created. So our rules are like, well, I'm not good enough. Our rules are like, I don't feel like I'm at home. Our rules are, I'm not worthy enough. Our rules are, that can't work. We create all these rules. Even though the person who set the game up didn't have any rules in. And the money was already there available because my rules still applied. All they had to do was stay there. You see, we decide that we can't be at home because we can't do this or we have to do that. But the very simple truth is you were invited to a party. And all you have to do is stay at the party. What most Christians do is exclude themselves from the party by making up their own rules. And then when they don't manage to keep their own rules, they decide they're not welcome, so they leave. Can I make a suggestion? Should we stop making up various rules or we can't enjoy the party? You're invited. You're included. And the party's already started. And there really is nothing you can do other than learn to enjoy it, which we're going to keep talking about. But all you have to do is sit and enjoy the fact that there's a party going on and that you're welcomed in it with. That's it. All our exclusion, all our setting apart, all, it's all us that made it up. Because we go running off thinking we've got to find some oil from somewhere. When all I do was Sit and wait. And we'd have been welcomed anyway.
you're invited. You're included. And the party's already started. There's nothing you need to do other than learn to enjoy it. And the next time you manage to exclude yourself from the party that's going on, just remember that your rules and your exclusions and your reasons are somebody else's reasons that you've heard. But they're not Jesus' reasons. And it's Jesus' party. And he sets the rules. Amen. going to take two more minutes and do your best to enjoy the thought that you were at the